Episode 37. On today's show, the Mad Men premiere delivers more than Simone bargained for. Steffi slays an emotional vampire, and the pros and cons of foreskins are debated in answer to a listener voicemail. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hi, Simone. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong, sadly, because I didn't get to see the Mad Men premiere, because we don't have cable, but I'm going to find it online somehow. I know I know this can be done, but you got to see done. it. It can be done. I downloaded it, but but because about two months before, <laughs> like once the date was announced, March 25th, my sister mm-hmm. booked her flight to here, and her, she's leaving March 25th at 11 p.m., so I was like, shit, so I'm going to miss it because I have to take it to the airport. <laughs> There were some jokes about her taking a super shuttle, but we knew that that wasn't going to happen. So, so I just wrote it off, and then and then our friend Tommy, she heard my heard about my conundrum, or I mentioned it to her, and she said, "I'll TiVo it, and you can come by the next day and watch it." So That's like, right. Awesome. I saw so all that on plan. Twitter. Yeah. That's so right. anyway, so she, uh, the, I worked downtown that day. I drove straight to Santa Monica in record time of 28 minutes. And wow. watched it that night, and it was it was amazing. It was so great. I can't wait for you to see it. Well, da- David was in Vegas teaching a blackjack boot camp, and so I purposely was waiting to watch it with him. Turns out he saw it in Vegas in this hotel. Shut up! What an yeah. ass! That's, unac- <laughs> that's unacceptable. Very disappointed in you, David. I know he saw it with his friend Colin, who who like is the last person you would think would be into Mad Men. He said that Colin was like, "Oh, Mad Men premieres tonight." <laughs> Wow. So anyway, I know I have That's to. That's not fair. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up. But oh, it was really fun watching oh. it t- with Tommy because we like, you know, we'd pause it a few times and debrief and give our feelings about, oh. about what was what was going on. But um, but anyway, but that same night, um, uh, my friend Natasha Legero was her birthday and um, and Todd Berry too, right? And Todd Berry too. Yeah. So I was like, I'll come late, but because I have to be in Santa Monica. So as soon as I was done with Mad Men, I think it was maybe just just before ten. I start driving towards the party because, you know, I'm thinking it should still be going on because it started at 8. And then uh, Greg calls me on my cell phone while I'm driving, but he calls three times. So I think he must really need to, to get to me. And he tells me that John Hamm is at the party. <gasps> yes! At Natasha's birthday party? Yes! How does she know him? I don't know. He's a big Why comedy nerd. So he's, he's all these all these comedy people that I know. Like, like yeah, I've hung out with John Hamm. He's really cool. He's a big comedy nerd. Like, I hear that all yeah. the time. So Yeah, because um, Adam Carolla talks about him all the time. Oh, he does? Like, just that yeah. he's into comedy and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I felt like at some point I, my paths would, our paths would cross because I, I knew that he knew so many people that I know or at least had met them and stuff. So anyway, but Greg, Greg says on the phone, I can't guarantee how long he's going to be here. Oh. And I'm like, oh, so I'm like just dying because it's, like, it's just too weird. Imagine that what how it's just such irony if you miss meeting John Hamm because you're watching the Mad Men premiere. I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, oh, but anyway, yeah. 
Yeah, so I got there and then, you know, he was talking to people. It's like, he's the man of the moment. I'm not going to go up and, I'm a big fan. So I just kind of was just happy to at least just see him. And I kind of thought, well, I'll probably get to meet him. But it's just pretty awesome that I got to go to a party right after seeing the premiere. And there he was. So anyway, and then um, but he was talking to this guy that we knew. So when we went to leave, we went to say bye to him. And I, oh, that's the other thing. Right after Greg got off the phone to me, somebody introduced him. And he had a long chat with him about baseball. And I was like, oh, because, you know, I wasn't there yet. So, but anyway, so we went to say bye to our other friend. And then, uh, and then he, John Hamm went to say bye to Greg because he talked to him before. And then Greg introduced me to him. So I got to talk to him. I was like, yay. Oh, but get this. He says to Greg, oh, I'm a big fan. Oh. Can you believe it? So I was pretty fucking stoked at that. I kind of always hoped that he would be since he was a comedy nerd. But right. uh, yes, he said it to him. So I guess before when he spoke to him, he probably didn't know who he was. And then somebody said, you know, that's Neil Hamburger. And then, and then, uh, then he said he's a big fan. So yeah, so we chatted oh a little about, about uh, cricket in Australia and just brief. And yeah, oh, and that was it. Like but I'm just so glad I got to meet him and shake his hand. And he was so cute. Oh my gosh. So anyway, yeah, that was my crazy story. I saved it. I didn't even tweet about it because I just wanted to talk about it on the show and get your initial yeah. shock. <laughs> yeah, that's that's hard to um, tweet with reverence about something like that, too. Yes. Wow. So there you have it. That's my so exciting madman so Thank you. I was know. Was he there with his girlfriend? No, that he was Jennifer just there with, uh, with, our, with our friend, so... Okay. Yeah, I think they came together because then when I left, they came shop soon behind me, and they seemed to be going together. So I guess he just came with his friend. So, yeah. Oh my so, god! Go. Craziness! Wow! Wow! Well, indeed. my Conrad Murray news bulletin pales in comparison to that. Oh, but... I'm sure it doesn't because we're big fans of Conrad <laughs> Murray. Well, actually, it might not because <laughs> when I read this, I thought of you because you and Greg have a thing with Dr. Conrad Murray. Who? Do you want to remind knows, the listener who is? Yeah, who that is. Yes, in no, I'll read this from the bulletin. Um, in November 2011, Murray was found guilty for gross negligence in the 2009 death of Michael Jackson, and so he's been sentenced to four years in county jail. So anyway, um, I saw this on TMZ, and here's what it says. Proving that jail is a shitty experience, Dr. Conrad Murray has dropped 30 pounds due to explosive diarrhea in the past few months. <laughs> Dr. Murray blames his bathroom bind on the L.A. County Jail's water and the, quote, cat food that he eats on a daily basis. Murray claims that the water smells and tastes bad and has stricken him with a brutal case of dysentery. TMZ says that the now rail-thin Murray cannot stomach jail food and instead feasts on canned tuna, salmon flakes, and canned mackerel from the commissary. L.A. County Sheriff Spokesman Steve Whitmore told the publication... All inmates receive the proper nutrition and medical care that is required beyond, required, required by law, but the sheriff's department goes above and beyond what is required. Murray is repo- reportedly filing multiple appeals to be freed from jail, and TMZ says he's doing so, quote, primarily because his health is compromised. <laughs> oh, poor Dr. Murray. I just don't feel too sorry for him. I, I mean, say. having diarrhea is nothing you want to have, you know, really talk about, even to, you know, loved one let alone having it like you know it's news his explosive diarrhea is news actually wow. yeah the humiliation right. but he's a doctor do you think he's got sort of a doctor attitude about that and he's not humiliated by explosive diarrhea you know what probably i'm sure that helps and he also just has a giant ego and and no shame yeah I don't know. so all that 
compares with his clinical doctorness is recipe for explosive diarrhea being linked <laughs> to the press. Ha. Um, Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, I just thought of you and Greg. I was afraid you'd heard it already, but no, I no, thought you'd enjoy that. No, when I saw you had that down as a topic, I was really excited because I didn't know what it was. I had not had any Conrad Murray news in months. <laughs> what a dry spell. <laughs> This has been a jail. It's been such a dry spell of Conrad Murray news. <laughs> Have I told you about, I can't remember, sorry listener if I said it the last time we talked about Conrad Murray, but we were in Prague when uh, some Conrad Murray news was going down soon after Jackson died and all the channels were in were in check except this one news channel and we just kept waiting for like hours, for like an hour and a half for Conrad Murray news to come up just because it was the only <laughs> English we could see and we were also excited about Conrad Murray. <laughs> Such a do you remember what the news was? Was it worth the wait? I can't remember. I think it was just to do with the details of, you know, the drugs that were found and, you know, his involvement uh, and stuff like that. Maybe a voicemail or a voice message when he called the emergency. I can't remember the details, but at the time it was very exciting and necessary. <laughs> yeah. We should repost the picture of the bag that you got in honor Oh, yes, Conrad yes. Murray. Yes. I have a bag, a tote bag, that says Diprovan, which is the other name for propofol, which is the drug that killed Michael Jackson. So I'm just tasteless like that. So. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, so, the last few days, as I said, on Monday I drove from downtown because I've been working at a trade show. And um, I have to work with this complete buffoon from my regular job he comes into the trade show i don't know why they use him because he is a fucking idiot like you can't finish a sentence and tell him how to do something and he immediately repeats it back wrong and then does he, like it's, it's the biggest gulf of delusion of you know everyone sort of has maybe a little inflated idea of themselves you know a bit better than they are his is the biggest gulf i've ever known of reality and his inflated idea of himself so i'm not going to bore you with all the stupid work cock-ups that he has done over the last (laughs) the last three days but um uh he's a frat boy former frat boy and and he's and he's you know, like when you hang out with kids and, you you know, they come and show you something that they did that's just, you know, a kid drawing or whatever. And you go, that's really good. My, you're <laughs> clever, aren't you? That's how you have to talk to him. Because if you don't, he, he looks all butthurt and sad because you didn't laugh at his jokes. And, you know, he did a, he did a funny voice and I just have a stone face because it's not funny. And then he, he just looks all sad. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's really funny. I'm just saying dumb things like that all day long. <laughs> Just so he doesn't start sulking. Doesn't that hurt so, your soul? It does. It hurts my soul. It's so it's exhausting. It is actually exhausting. It is it's exhausting. like trying to entertain children. Only he's 30 years old. So <laughs> anyway, so one of his things he's delusional about is um is he thinks he should be a comedian. So oh, no. and he has no jokes. He has no jokes. Like there was a, a a stall next to ours that had this fabric that was just kind of like dyed in three colors. It would be like dark blue, light blue, lighter blue, white, and all these colors. And he says, yeah, it looks like like a popsicle. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess. And it doesn't look like a popsicle, but I just say, oh yeah, I guess it does. Yeah. And then he says. Uh, then he says, oh, yeah, when the show's over, I should go up to him and go, hey, Popsicle Man. What is that? Oh, my God. And, and, and he's just waiting for my reaction. So I have to go, <laughs> and it's so hard because there's not an ounce of me. You know, I'll laugh if something funny. He will occasionally say something funny. 
but not to the level like he's always looking looking waiting for the reaction you know so there was this fabric hanging from another vendor and it had uh, mustaches all over it and he was talking about it he's like he's like oh yeah they, they should they should do other other prints like they should do like mutton chops and and beards and sideburns <laughs> so i don't know what to say to this so i just said well yeah that might be a more of a niche for you know than just mustaches so then he goes on you know uh, or afros or dreadlocks <laughs> it's like i don't care the other co-worker doesn't care but he doesn't stop so to shut him up i just said or pubes like as a as an old as the last final you know thing of hair that you can put on fabric i say pubes yeah. <laughs> and uh he laughs, the other co-worker laughs, and then his face falls because he realizes I got the biggest laugh. And then he goes, uh, oh, they, oh, they could do back hair. <laughs> it's like, you don't go anywhere after pubes. Pubes is the end. That's the, that's the end of the joke. Pubes <laughs> are the are final the frontier. It's the end. Why would you say back hair after pubes? This person thinks he should be a comedian. He obviously doesn't understand comedy and the punchline and the end and a build up. He doesn't get it. No. <gasps> God. No, he doesn't. No, so... Um, and you're not worried about him finding this podcast at all because he doesn't sound smart enough to be able No, to no, he's not tech-savvy at all. He didn't know that all caps was rude on the internet. <laughs> so, <laughs> he doesn't know it was shouting. We were talking about it. He's like, oh, really? You're not supposed to do that? I'm like, no, you're not supposed to do that. So, um, but the last wow. tragic thing is he's always trying to keep up with me or he always feels threatened by me because I've been at the company much longer than him. So if I say anything, he tries to one-up or at least catch up. So and I'm trying to be friendly and making chit-chat. He starts talking about bands. And uh, he's like, yeah, I should go to some shows. I saw 311. I think 311 oh sucked, but God. I don't say that. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I said, yeah, I'm going to see Radiohead next month. And he goes, oh, oh yeah, I like Radiohead. How much are the tickets? And then I say, I don't know. I'm on the guest list. He pauses and says, my girlfriend's mom manages heart. Oh, my God. <laughs> because he, like, had to, like, show that he, that's his only connection. And he said it before. Like, I've said something else about knowing somebody in a band. Even if he doesn't know it, he just has to chime in. Oh, my girlfriend's mom manages heart. Because he's so threatened by the fact that I'm on a guest list. Oh. So, it's so fucking sad. Oh. But anyway, so this has been <laughs> exhausting me for three days. But finally, today was the last day. And I can go back to my side of the office and he's out that so uh, can i ask does he have a goatee yes he does oh he has a goatee and he looks like the burger king <laughs> <laughs> he does. yeah yeah and and um it's and because serious? of that yeah he does like well it's, it's it's that same kind of pointy goatee and the guys in the warehouse started calling him whopper jr and they put a burger king crown on his desk and he got really upset <laughs> he got upset like he didn't know a pointy goatee though like does he sculpt it like maybe it looks like he looks like one that you kind of like you know pull your chin and it gets pointy so yeah Uh, yeah. like a mike Patton kind of goatee no his isn't pointy his is just sort of just scraggly oh no no extension off the end oh yeah the extension's not okay oh my gosh I'm so sorry that you had to hang out with him for that long, but I'm yeah. glad that I got to reap the benefits. Of yes, you did. Story. So did the listener. My so girlfriend's it's, it's mom something. manages heart. Remember when you when y'all lived in that other apartment and you had that um, neighbor upstairs? You said you called her a stupid bitch, and you're like telling me all the stuff she did, and I was like, 
I was like, I bet she listens to Heart really loud. And you wrote back, she just played crazy on you. Yes, that's right. Because <laughs> it, it would just sound like an angsty woman that would be into 70s Heart. And that's exactly what she was. And you totally called it from my description. <laughs> so weird. It's fascinating. Around <laughs> here at Me Clown Industries, our mantra passed down from generation to generation is, if it's legal to eat, We've got the deals that won't be beat. And that's why we're pleased to announce here on the Dong Teeny Podcast a new and improved Meat Clown brand meat product. Now introducing our Pink Slime Meat-Based Surprise Happy Chowder product for the student on the go. Don't fall for the hype. Pink Slime's got the taste that's just right. Now ammonia-free. Be prepared to be amazed by Meat Clown Industries, your number one source for all of your quality discount meat-based meat product concerns. Back to you, Dongtini. So thank you, Meat Clown. Uh, Meat Clown is our new sponsor, and uh, we'd like to thank you for creating a product based on a Dongtini news item, uh, and also including the Dongtini phrase, prepare to be amazed. So thank you, Meat Clown. (laughs) We look forward to our continued relationship. Okay, Steffi, what did you have to bring up next? Well, <clears throat> last week, I think, we were talking about... Or what were we talking about this last week? Well, we've talked about before. Emotional vampire type people. And um, I was listening to Duncan Trussell's podcast, which is, like, probably my favorite podcast. And uh-huh. you can find it at DuncanTrussell.com. But um, he's amazing. I love him so much. And um, he was talking with Peter Holmes talking with Pete Holmes about emotional vampires and how how to deal with these people who just, you know, are in your life somehow and they have lots of good qualities, but sometimes they'll just they'll just come in up and sting you like a jellyfish and, and you're like, where did that come from? And yeah. you know, so it's a pattern with, this, with these people. So um, I had a big encounter with someone who's been in my life for like 10 years and he's been an emotional vampire all, all along. Uh-huh. And um, we've had, you know, our discussions and our run-ins, and we're always able to patch it up. But, um, you know, he keep, he keeps making re-offenses, I guess. So, right. um, last week, a couple weeks ago, I can't remember, he, he sent me some, like, really intrusive email. He was talking to David about how um, my blog, Stuff Christian Culture Likes, is a bunch, is so angry that no good can come of it. Um, it just makes Christianity look bad. Ah. Um, kind of was talking a long time about this, and he was really upset yeah. that that my blog is out there and does these sorts of things. Um, so my response to him, I just I finally had to put a stop to it, and I emailed him and I said, I value your friendship, but um, I cannot continue to have a relationship with you if you are going to be demanding and disrespectful. Um, cause this has been a pattern throughout the whole time I've known you. And if we're going to be friends, then I need you to be um, emotionally open and curious. And yeah. I want to do the same for you. And then I just signed it, Stephanie. And I haven't heard back from him. It's been a week. Ouch. <laughs> but yeah, that Does was the risk Does it give you a chest pain every time you think of it? No, actually, because really? I feel, yeah, isn't that interesting? Cause I feel really good about it because I said like what needed to be said. And, um, I, I, I was kind and I was clear and he really needed it laid out for him. And, um, so his response is, 
is silence and it's like that's fine like if he can't if he doesn't want to even respond to that then i have my answer right there and yeah um i actually feel good about it doesn't give me any chest pain but i wanted to share this on the podcast because it's hard to know how to do this like i had no idea how to set boundaries with people like that before therapy yeah so um yeah, so I have that to thank my thousands of dollars in therapy. <laughs> I can now help benefit the listener. <laughs> Finally reaping the rewards. Finally. I'm passing the savings on to you. It, it makes such a difference when, um, you know, when you have to write an email like that. It, yeah. It's a difference like if you want to patch it up or you want it to go a certain way and have expectations and hopes. That's when you get the chest pain every time you think of it. Yes. You know, but when it's somebody you're like totally willing to let go it's mm-hmm. more actually the chest pain comes when they do write back. You're like, oh no, this is continuing. Like I just, you kind of want it to be done with. And I found that happens too. Like you see the email and you're like, oh no. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny, like depending on your feelings totally depends on, on the chest pain that, that comes with yeah. the thinking about it. So yeah, you're yeah, right. I, Cause I, I have no idea what he would respond if he did. And, um, but, you don't seem but, but now that my boundaries are in place, I don't really have to worry about it at the same time. So yeah, because if he violates them, then I'm just like I'm not going to respond. So yeah, so that's where they're supposed to keep you safe. But none of us were taught that. Like hardly anyone was taught how to how to create boundaries for yourself, how to hold your you know certain parts of your person sacred and say I'm yeah. not going to just for the sake of being nice or being a friend keep putting up with this you know yeah it's, i mean it's one thing for someone to do it once or twice but when it's a, a constant thing like it has it's been a pattern with this person so yeah i think that's why it's more of a relief than anything so yeah well so much i mean we we uh talked a lot this thread from our last episode really really uh went a long way but we were just talking about about honesty and just how much we feel like we have to sort of you know hide certain elements of ourselves and how freeing it would be if we could just you know we wouldn't be running into all this stuff like setting boundaries and stuff because we'd be more forgiving and understanding of everyone responding to things differently you know we'd accept that but nobody does everyone kind of wants things to go a certain way and people know that so Mm. they show the side of them that that person wants to see and it's just such a fucking mess (laughs) because everyone has like a different kind of persona for everyone they deal with nobody is really free to just be themselves all the time you know it's like in a way who you know who am i if i could just let every everything go you know i don't even really know for sure because you always have something different sort of for everybody it's not it's not an outright lie but it's just a a subconscious reaction to the situation you know like okay this Mm -hmm. person wants this this person wants that and you just adapt and it's not it's not honest yeah yep Exactly. And so that's another part of therapy that I think really helped me. They're like, pay attention to your gut feelings. Like I remember telling one of my, this wasn't even my therapist. It's one of my friends who's a therapist, but I'd say (laughs) every time I have to go see these people, I just want to drink beforehand. And she goes, you need to pay attention to that. You know, that's telling you that you are wanting to check out and you need some kind of buffer between you and them. So take that seriously. I was like, oh, okay. Cause I thought that was just like my mean feelings bubbling up somehow. But yeah. she's like, no, that's like, that's your intuition and you need to take that really seriously. Yeah, and it's so it's so easy to just internalize that and blame yourself for being hateful or something rather than, you know, pointing the light on them. It's like, maybe they're doing something yeah. that makes me feel this way and that's why yeah. I want to hit the bottle to deal with it. So yeah. it's a, a very, very interesting uh, way to look at it that I hadn't thought of. 
yeah. I'll just blame myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's how I was too. And so, isn't that nice? Pretty. It is very nice. Hmm. Um, well, before we continue, do you want to uh, talk about Hunter's response to his voicemail in the yes. last episode? He wrote us and said said that it helped him so much. Um, I think he didn't really elaborate, but he was just saying that it, it, we couldn't know how much it helped him. Um, that he knows that other people have been going through the same thing. And he said, it's okay if you talk about this on the podcast if you want. But um, yeah, I'm just so happy <laughs> that we said something to help him and that he feels like he's not as alone. Yay. I know. That may, that is, that's, and that's, that's so much of it. It's just finding, finding you know, other people. So I'm glad that he's like been able to reach out a bit and, and, and do that. So Aww. hooray. Yay, Hunter. He may not be his parents yet or ever, but there are others. Yeah. So yay. Exactly. Cool. Well, shifting gears, we have a voicemail from listener Tasty. Tasty here. This is actually a pretty good topic, I think, for being a, a dong-related podcast. But uh, I uh, have my first uh, my first kid on the way here, and uh, my wife, being Jewish, if it's a boy, we we'll have to have a nasty little thing called a bris, where they cut little parts of his penis off, and that's not very nice. So I'm curious about the uh, dongtini stance on circumcision. You can go from the aesthetic point or from, you know, the cruelty point uh, to the barbarism of it, whatever it is, whatever it may be. Um, I mean, I have to admit I myself am too. I think there's a part of me out there somewhere in the ether floating around that I wish I still had. I mean, I didn't know what it was like to live with it. What do you think? What's your stance on the foreskin? So yeah, so Stephanie, what do you what do you think about that? What's your what's your position on foreskins? Um, I honestly can't speak with any authority on foreskins. I've never encountered one. In my yeah, I've never life. seen one in real life either. Hmm. Yeah, but, but I've seen I, them in pictures. I know people. Yeah, we've seen pictures. I know people who are big fans of them. Like. Um, <laughs> I know, I know one gay guy in particular who, who he was like telling me he's like, oh, there are no foreskins in Seattle. I was like, well, maybe go over to the UK. He's like, yeah, yeah, I think there's more foreskins over there. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I've just heard that, but um, he was yeah. sending me tumblers to things like, um, like foreskinforever.com and, and <laughs> just hilarious <laughs> tumblers dedicated to the foreskins. Wow, I think Australia but, um, is also very, very foreskin heavy. Are they really? I don't think they did a lot of circumcising. I think among hmm. my, my friends, from what I hear, not what I've seen, but uh, they uh, they seem to all mostly be intact. So Interesting. Interesting. But I remember, I guess I didn't understand what it was at the time, but I remember when I was in year eight, so I was about 13, and we were in the library doing some project on, on Greek mythology, and I was looking at this book, and there was this picture of this naked Greek god and his dong was out and I was like oh my god why does he have a little eye at the end of his because <laughs> the way the foreskin was I mean I realized later because I guess that image is burned in my brain but yeah so I realized oh it was just foreskin and it was kind of loose at the end so that it looked like an eye <laughs> I was always so confused about it like if I saw pictures in, in those books like they give you in your you know the sex ed books like it would show a picture of the of the intact and then of the circumcised and I was like it looks like it should be the other way around because I feel like I can see more of it that looks like it should have been lopped off. Yes, that's so right. <laughs> I was so confused. It is very confusing. Yeah, because I remember somebody trying to explain it to me. Is it a is somebody a mushroom or a sausage? But I couldn't figure <laughs> out which was which because because. 
you know, I thought the mushroom has a top on it. So is that supposed to be the foreskin or is the skin like the sausage casing? I didn't understand. (laughs) It wasn't automatically obvious to me which was which. So, well, now probably the mushroom makes more sense. But when I was, you know, kid, I didn't, I didn't really, couldn't really figure that out so um but yeah so this i think even you know even though i've never seen one in real life i think they should just be left alone to you know and let, i mean who would just automatically cut off a piece of body and then it can't be you know can't be changed you know that's it it just it's it's kind of bizarre to do yeah. that so, yeah it does seem bizarre i mean i guess but it's a big deal in judaism so yeah, it is. Um, if you're going to have my... a Jewish son, then I guess that has to happen. But... It has to happen. Is that so that God knows who <laughs> the, the chosen people are? Isn't that it? That's what I heard, that that's how God knows that all the men have their foreskins removed. Like, that's, that's it's their... It's some kind of sacrament. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's a way to tell the Gentiles from the, the Jews. But... Yes, for when God comes to take them into his kingdom, <laughs> he will know them by their wangs. <laughs> Well, if so, I am very pleased that God is so into wieners. <laughs> Me too. Maybe he's not so bad after all. <laughs> I want to check on that though about the if that's how what the why that why they do that if that's the official reason. Yeah, so. I can find out from my friends who are doing their masters in divinities and stuff. They would maybe have a good explanation. Oh, cool. Maybe they would. I have a friend at Google. Maybe they can help me out. <laughs> <laughs> You should totally write write your friend to Google and say, can you Google this for me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what was that website that you sent somebody to oh, the other day? Oh, it's called, um, oh, shit. Oh, I cannot remember. It's just the initials for something. Yeah, yeah, but I'm going to try it. It's what I let always me, say. Let me someone... Google that for you. It's... Let's. Yeah, it's lmgtfy.com. That's right. You let me Google that for you. And so whenever someone asks me some asks me something that they could clearly have Googled, but they're asking it in an email where you know they're online, like, yes. um, you know, who like something about foreskins, um, then you can just go to lmgtfy.com and just type in foreskins and then copy the little link and send it to them. And what it will do is like send them to Google and then it'll type in foreskins really slowly and then like <laughs> you'll you'll see the little cursor click on the button and then it'll say now was that so hard <laughs> <laughs> I know box I, I can't tell you how many times I've nearly responded to a tweet or something and go and about to say what's that and then I just do it myself so when people actually go ahead and ask then um, then uh, then yeah they need to have a let me Google that for you but on the other hand, I was thinking it kind of kills conversation because it's fun to just keep talking about that. And you're just killing yeah. that, that conversation if you just Google it. Like, we're not talking about that anymore. I'm doing my own reading. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I, I've only done it to people who could take it as a joke. Like, yeah. Because, you know. I mean, I could totally see how it could hurt your feelings, too. Oh, God. So. If anyone's going to have their feelings hurt by that, I, I don't know why I'm talking to them. Oh, I bet that idiot at my work, he would get so butthurt. Oh, will you please try and see? <laughs> only. Can he even I'll, email, I'll look for an opp- I'll look for an opportunity. Yeah, he can email. He has work. He can't? So, he can, oh. he can, yeah. Uh, isn't that so weird when you meet someone on in real life and they're not how they were online? Yes. Like, um, David and I always talk about it, but we mean it in this 
and there's lots of ways you can be different from real life and online but I mean it in a specific way like um, like they're really funny and witty in their on Twitter and in emails but in person they're really awkward and, and um, yeah. just not nearly as funny or the other way around like like they're not funny at all online but then they're really hysterical in person yeah, yeah. I just think that's so funny when there are people like that but it is, but it really throws me off, makes me that. really uncomfortable, because I've already got enough social anxiety, so, you know, I'm coming into this meeting, you know, giving up my all, trying to be who you think I am, and then they, when they're just cold on me, and they're just, like, not cheerful and friendly and laughing like they are in emails, then it just, like, I just recoil, I'm so terrified. Yeah, exactly. Because I can't handle it, it's, you know, I've got my own issues, they might have their issues in that situation, so I totally get that, but my response is like, oh my god, oh my god, I can't deal with this person now, because they're not who I who I was uh, expecting, so, and if I know they expect that, then that's fine, but when it's the opposite of what I was expecting, it's very difficult. Oh, so thank you all for listening, we love you all a lot and I mean that yes and I'll resend my my love announcement if you start sending creepy stuff but for now <laughs> we love you very much and um, please call the voicemail it's 323-301-DONG um, go to dongteeny.com to see more stuff that we were talking about on here and for exciting links and things like that so until next time bye Simone bye Stephanie bye Un, deux, trois, Les